We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast for Thursday, August 5th. Jeff Erickson here. Uh, as always, our podcast is sponsored by the good folks at WinBet. We appreciate their sponsorship. We'll uh, tell you how to use them a little bit later on in the podcast. My guest today is Jeff Zimmerman. Uh, you know him from Fangraphs. You know him from a lot of different places. You know him from, of course, uh, you know, from mining the news, uh, an award-winning article, the FSWA award winner for baseball fantasy baseball article of the year. Uh, he is the co-author of the process. Uh, he's in Tout Wars. He's won Tout Wars twice. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me today, Jeff. It's always nice to talk about baseball, and especially as I think someone else noticed, we're literally at the point where last season began. Like this is it. Yeah, this is the sixty-day season, and you know the kind of just the prepped. And I think the one thing for me, it's kind of been like, it was such a rush last year. It's like, I kind of have to look at my teams and kind of get prepped for like, all right, this is, you know, kind of the stretch run and let's try to do the best we can. Yeah, that's right. And we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, and I think that's a great point that you mentioned. It, it, it literally is the length of the season we had last year. A lot can change, except we just have, the, you know, it's harder to move the needle in some categories just because we have so many bank stats, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, I, I should. I was remiss, remiss in uh, not mentioning that you also uh, co-host the Launch Angle podcast, too. What days do you record? We try to on Mondays and Tuesdays, but um, this week it didn't happen. Just one day it was Rob and one day it was Van, so it just just doesn't happen sometimes so sure. I, I can um, i can appreciate that trust me <laughs> yeah it's not it's really not any of the three of us's full-time job so it's kind of like well let's you know figure out a time that works and usually it works but a lot of times life gets in the way the week before i was gone on vacation i mean it's just just life kind of gets in its way it does. It really does. All right, let's let's jump into the news. Uh, Max Scherzer made his Dodgers debut last night and uh, pitched pretty well uh, in, in shutting down uh, the Astros. Uh, fun, fun, fun game. Uh, fun, fun two game series there. Uh, if you're not a like, I think if you're a fan of one of the two teams, it's you know it's it's the sort of series you get excited about. Just but as just a fan, I like seeing the league teams play each other, and of course, there's a lot of history there. Um, did you get a chance to check out uh, Max last night at all? Um, no, I didn't. Um, but I probably should have, I've been, he's on one of my um, main event teams and that's, he's been a little bit frustrating. I don't know if there's any starter that hasn't been this year. Cause it's right. like, well, is he going to start? Is he not going to start? Um, 
what's going to happen a lot of times, and a lot of times you throw them out for the week, and there's a couple times we've not gotten any things, and sometimes we have. So he's just so good that you have to hope that you get something from him. And when the season's all done, I won't be surprised if he's you know ends up being one of the top one or one to three pitchers. And well, it'll be interesting to see where he gets drafted next year. And yeah, kind of what, how everything kind of ends up with him. Right. Well, you know, even though he's having a great year, he's he's missed a couple of starts. He's at twenty starts now, uh, one hundred and eighteen innings. He's not going to have that big two hundred inning season. Uh, so that that part's you know a little off a little bit. But then again, you look at the the K the K percentage is as high as ever. Uh, the I mean the WHIP point eight nine. My goodness. I mean you'll take that. And in a year, the, the I think it's been the toughest pitching environment I've seen in the last six weeks in a long time that ever since they cracked down on grip enhancement, it, it's turned over our world in the fantasy baseball world. I I've had, I've done a, I, I feel like I've done a poor job adjusting to it, but I'm not quite sure what adjustments I could have made. All I know is my aces aren't always my aces anymore. And it, it, it's really been frustrating. Lucas Giolito got knocked around by the, the Royals yesterday and uh, the league that you and I are in together with. And, it used to be like, yes, it's Giolito Day. It's cold day. I can't wait. And I'm like, oh, man, I hope this is a good one. Yeah, it's so many of them. Then so many of them have gotten hurt that I really think like some of those teams that are near the top are just like they got Woodruff. He kind of seems to be that one guy that's like made every start and you can kind of rely on him. But, yeah, there's so many of them. You just don't know what's going on. Like um, Kevin Gosman has been – kind of dropped off a lot since then he had a good start last night but yeah he's not been the same i don't know how to evaluate it going into next year i'm just kind of grinding from week to week on what i think is like the best pitchers and in like the 15 team environment there's just nothing out there it's so it's so so rough yeah it's it's like it's like all right what middle relievers do you have you're just like looking at it i remember um last weekend we needed one for a main event and Fred Zinke was like diving. Like I couldn't find anything. Like I gave up and I was like, I'll look for something else. And Fred's like, I'll find something like three hours later. He's like, there's nothing. I was like, <laughs> I told you, Fred. I was like, just... <laughs> yeah, he was like looking for someone with some matchup that he could use. And it, just none. Yeah. I, I share, t- I share two teams, with Tim Schuler in the main event. And yeah, he and I keep on the same thing. It's like, Dallas Keuchel, Ugh. Brett Anderson. Oh, Brett Anderson actually worked last week. Got two wow. wins. Like wow, no. But you know that that you're just hoping. You know the one thing I'll say is the trade deadline being as active as it was has opened up some possibilities of streaming. That there are teams you can stream against now. You want to stream against the Cubs. You want to stream against the uh, Nats now. Uh, although not not every night. Uh, you, you still can't use a mediocre pitcher because. Or, or, or a replacement level pitcher because they're still that level of pitcher. Um, so you, you got to have s- something there, but yeah, it's tough, especially with all the injuries on top of it. Yeah. I was one thing that um, was interesting. If you go to like fan graphs, like their projected wins rest of season, I think the nationals are dead last. So it's like one of those deals. It's like, no, they're ones you stream against now, but there's a, a lot of teams kind of um, down there and maybe some that, have actually kind of moved up just because everyone else has moved down. You know, it's like Cleveland looks a lot better. You know, it's like they're better, but it's like we used to stream against them quite a bit, and maybe now that's not 
I mean, I think you still can. I still think that they're quite a bit worse than everyone. But no, some just really dropped down. Yeah, the Nationals, they have them projected. There's five teams projected for 22 wins rest of season. Tigers, Cubs, Nationals, Pirates, and Rangers. I may not trust the Tigers ones. I think they might be playing a little bit better. But I those agree other with ones, you there. That was my first reaction. That oh, They have the Marlins at 23, the Rockies at 23. Like, yeah, those are the guys you're streaming against. Um, but I think it's something that you can maybe try to go for those National League. It's, that seems to be where there's more striation. There's just teams that are just tanking. And um, the other ones that are – you got the big five that are going for it, but then there's – other ones that still are trying, but I think that striation is that you can get a pitcher in the National League and maybe hit some of those bottom drawlers. Yeah, um, yeah, and you need to, but you know, your aces got to be aces too. When you know, I, you know, and in the main event league, I'm with you. When Giolito pitches poorly, I just what do I do? I mean, against the Royals, no less. It's just like four innings, six runs allowed, two Ks, and he's had a couple of games like that. And if you can't trust your ace, and especially against a mediocre opponent like Kansas City, then what are you doing? I mean, it's just it, it, there's no way to manage around that. Yeah, at least you've got your ace. Ours is on the IL there. Yeah, with, you have Degrom. That's right. But you, know, you, you remember the good times that you had with him. <laughs> God, it's like just give us a week. Like it's like it just feels like everything just moves up. Then whenever he is going, but I was kind of it's been a tough call on keeping him. I know. Um, uh, Phil DeSalt, the leader, yep, like his top team, he dropped him. And it's just like, I think our only way to move up would be to keep him. I think Phil's kind of probably maybe playing it conservative. I mean, I, I think it's probably the right move. Like he's trying to maintain it and get as many options as he can. But it's like our only chance is having DeGrom come back for like five great starts right there at the end for late boost. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, and just, you know, the, because he's been so head and shoulders above everybody else, uh, I think that's the the other thing too. That just the, the degree of how good he's been compared to the field. It's it's like Pedro Martinez in nineteen ninety nine all over again. Oh yeah, and another one like in another league, I've got Shane Bieber in um, TGFBI Yogurt League. As yes, you guys call it. <laughs> stay, stay on stay on course there. But he's one where it's every week. I'm like, well, do I keep holding him? I mean, what's what's my call here? And I'm I have to kind of just think of it's late in the season and try to figure it out if I can make an improvement. He may just have to head to the wire. Yeah, he he, he might. Um, that's a tough call because he's on the sixty day. You know, Cleveland has already kind of you know packed it in, so you could see them saying, "You know what? We'll see you next season. We don't want to rush it." I could see them making that conclusion, but again, the the, the degree of impact. You know, you know, typically with a seven man bench, you can kind of hoard, keep him. Like, yeah, yeah, I. I, I've, I'm still hanging on to Kershaw. I'm still hanging on to Luke Voigt and Bregman in that one. Uh, I had Acuna in that league, so think, think, think I'm having a great time right now. Uh, <laughs> but I also at pick 62. I don't think about. I, I, I think about what might have been so many times in this league. At pick 62, I had a choice between. I, I ended up taking Luke Voigt uh, at pick 62. That in and of itself is frustrating, but it's who I took him over is the part that kills me. I could have had Vlad at that spot. Who's Vlad? Um, I, you know, it's yeah. I don't think about that mistake at all. What a, what a just colossal failure. I mean, I and the thing is that was early in draft season. I think later in draft season, a I wouldn't have had that choice, but b I wouldn't have made that choice. Also, it, it's 
It's it's crazy though, because uh, you remember Vlad tore it up in spring, and you know that he had all the draft helium, but not enough apparently. Yeah, Vlad was one that um, I kind of saw that I liked him. He just wasn't a player that was. It was tough to add him and still get hitters that could steal bases that could hit. Mm-hmm. I guess I mean like good hitters. They could still have some stolen bases. I was still kind of prioritizing stolen bases when he was going, and maybe that was a fault of my own. But it was just like I was looking at later where there was just so many guys going that weren't hitting. I I think Miles Straw has kind of been the only one that's really worked out. Robbie Grossman kind of popped out of nowhere. Yep. Um, but otherwise, all those guys, Jimenez, um, I'm trying to think of like the center fielder for Texas. He's still in the minors. Like everyone Tavares. was kind of hoping. Leody yeah, Tavares. Trust me, I had him in a lot of places. Uh, that, that's I, I forgot about that air, uh, that whiff. But uh, so it goes. And that whiff is the key word with him too. Yeah, it was like I was trying to stay away from them because I there was one year it was in labor and I had this great plan. Like I'm going to get some bases. These guys are great. And I had Malik Smith mm. and D Gordon. And I was like. They just couldn't hit. So it's kind of like I just try to get my stolen bases from guys that can hit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, I preach on that every year. You know, I don't don't get the don't get the D Gordon. Don't get never Malik Smith. Uh, and you know that you know never uh, you know that that was a big one. I remember uh, Delano DeShields Jr. going oh, yeah, in like the seventh was, round yeah. uh, one year uh, by Scott Jenstead. I always remind him of that. He loves it. Um, but you know, it, it, the thing is, we've all made that mistake. And I got Tavares. I thought he was a better hitter than that. And I thought, and I fell into the trap that I preach against. Yeah, Dylan Moore has been able to stay stay up. He was one that I was kind of worried a little bit about. Um, he's kind of been off and on all year, but yeah, some people have kind of banked those that they kind of got what they kind of needed there. But um, yeah, it was just tough if you kind of waited on steals. I know a lot of people are struggling with that. And it was just like, well, do I get um, Guerrero Jr. or do I get Luis Robert? You know, well, Luis Robert probably didn't help you out. But like Merrifield or Tim Anderson, some of those types that could get you the steals. And, but then Guerrero just covers every other stat. Yeah, he does. He does. Where is he a first-rounder for you next year? Well, he's a first-rounder. But are, are you going to be pulling the trigger on him? <sighs> Possibly. It depends on what I can get. I don't think like some of the stolen base guys, like I might be able to pull them in on the second round or starters. Um, but it's just like, how much do I trust Tatis to come back and how much is he going to play? Well, how good, like a lot of these first rounders like Soto, is he still going to be on the ground? I think, or is he going to steal again? I think I'm just going to count on him for like hitting kind of being close to like a Guerrero type. Betts right. has been iffy this year and hurt. Who knows if Story's not in Colorado, how much of a hit is he going to take? We got Trout, like what's going to happen there, or Yelich. A lot of these first rounders, you know, it's kind of like you really don't want to. I mean, Bellinger's not in it anymore. Mondesi's not going to be in it anymore. I'm trying to think of like who might move up into it, but it's just like a lot of these, a lot of question marks in that first round right now. I mean, I could even see something like, um, oh, J.D. Martinez maybe working his way up into there, the end of the first round, middle of the second round. I, such a weird grouping with so many question marks around so many players. It is. It is. It is. I want to get into this a little bit more, but first, quick note from our sponsor, uh, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. 
Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want to break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet right now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Jeff Zimmerman. You can catch Jeff on Fangrass, Rotographs, Baseball HQ, uh, the, the, the Launch Angle podcast. A lot of good stuff you can find. And, of course, right up on Twitter, too, as well, at Jeff W. Zimmerman. Uh, Jeff, let's talk about the first round next year. Uh, kind of Scott and I kind of danced around it a little bit before. So you started your you know your main event with uh, when you were drafting early. Uh, you got Jacob Degrom, and obviously he's hurt now, but he was awesome later. Uh, I, I I wanted to get to your you know get your take on uh, just generally speaking. Are you going to uh, uh, you know are you willing to take Degrom the first round next year, knowing what you know now about him? Um. Probably yes, but not number one. I don't think. I think he's like. I think a lot of those pitchers, maybe Cole up there, like in the top half, if kind of how things work out. But I think he's one where you grab him at the end of the first round, and you can kind of double him up with a hitter coming back that way. I think the one thing we looked at Degrom when we talked about what we wanted to do is. We kind of liked the hitters that we could get at the two-three turn. We ended up with Bichette and Machado. We didn't know for sure what kind of pitchers were going to come back, especially in the main event. Like they just kind of get gutted. I think the next one that went that was Kenta Maeda, and we were just like, that was what we were worried about. Is something like you know we really didn't have an ace right. at that point. So I think we had decided no matter what our pick was, if we were early on this, we are. Tempted to take a pitcher and just know that we can get a hitter coming back. Yeah, and that I think it's going to be really difficult trying to figure that. But if you know, the funny thing is too, like you look at earned auction values. There's a lot of starters still up there. Uh, Degrom's still, you know, if you whatever calculator you use, Degrom's still been amazing. He's still bringing in, you know, he's still been worth it. Uh, Walker Bueller has been awesome. Uh, he, he's worked. He's definitely. Until he's like gets the next slow spring training start and we all freak out again. He he's been a first round player, so he's a guy that's kind of graduated. But you look at the hitters. Acuna out is out for the season, coming off a major injury. Who knows what shape he'll be in in the spring? Tatis with the shoulder. I mean, we don't know what he. I mean, we know he can when he's playing. He's amazing. But is he going to have surgery? How long is it going to take for him to recover from his surgery? I, it's almost certainly he's going to have surgery in the off season. You know, that, that's those are two massive question marks right at the top. Yeah. And, um, yeah, with both of them, that's going to come down to spring training. It's going to be, I know I'm going to do a draft and hold or multiple earlier. And it's just like before they even hit the field and it's like, what status are they going to be? Am I just going to have to kind of go with the lesser version and like Trey Turner? I mean, Trey Turner's good, but it's like, do I take this known quantity until someone that might be out three months or, 
could be like Cody Bellinger and just deal with the issue all year and never actually get it fixed and, you know, just becomes a disaster. You hope they don't do it, but I mean, you, you've seen it happen with other hitters. Yeah, you do. And, you know, it's, it's, it's scary. Well, if we hear reports of him changing his swing, I will run away. <laughs> Dating, you know, that, you know, Bellinger did that you know, before he got hurt, by the way. He did that going into last season. I know. It was, I have him in a, the tag team league, which, I mean, obviously there's like 30 people in it. So there's right. always someone that seems to be a part of it. And our first two picks were Lindor and him. And it was like, oh. we're like, we're like in striking distance, but it's like if our stars would have just been somewhat stars, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we're taking like Freeman and Tucker. We would have been in better shape, you know? And it's like, nope, we ended up with Harper and Bellinger and it's or um, Lindor and Bellinger. And it's just like, Great. I'm glad the rest of the team's, you know, keeping us in check. Maybe you guys could show up at some point during the season. Yeah. Well, and Lindor is another one there where he's kind of like borderline. Do you, uh, what do you do with him? And he's, you know, he, he's, he's a really tough call because, you know, he's going to be out for a few more weeks with that uh, oblique. They got Javi Baez to say, hey, take your time. We won't rush you back. Uh, you know, this is a long-term investment for the team, but the, at the same time, the Mets are floundering. They're, you know, only a couple games up, uh, and they're, they're really struggling to hit, as they have all season long. You know, it, I, I saw leagues where he got dropped. Um, I, I, don't think, I don't think that's the right call, and I think uh, if possible, you got to hang on to him and just ride it out, but it's kind of a tough spot. You know, you're going to get him for a month. Yeah, and I mean, I was trying to think of the other day, we were looking at, like, um, who would we pick up? And I think we'd have to have someone like Adamus kind of get on the waiver wire. Yeah. And to be like, okay, he's good enough that we trust that over Lindor. But it's like, you know I mean, is it Jose Iglesias? I mean, not really. You know, it's like, I'll take the chance there. But even Pest Lindor, you got like Rendon, which has a ton of questions coming out. You got the two, um, Luis Robert and, and Eloy. Um, the other guy from Eloy. I've got big questions on what's happening with them. So, I mean, Glaber Torres has just completely fallen apart. He was like a third rounder for a lot of people. Alex Bregman, we don't even know what's going to happen with him. I yep. mean, he just keeps continuously gets hurt. So um, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be interesting trying to piece together what everyone kind of, how the early ones are going to go. I mean, Marcelo Zuna, I mean, he may not even be an option at all. I mean, he was, he had a lot of healing. Yeah, he may never play life. again. He and Bauer may never play again. And there's another one too, by the way. Uh, another top top option. It, it's, yeah, I had a drop. I finally took like I should have the first week, but it's like the second week. Like, all right, this ain't happening. Especially when they move back the date. It's like with Bauer. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, I like to win, but you're not coming back this year. I think they're just going to drag this out. So, yeah, I think yeah. Then he went to the wire, and no one even picked him up. I was like, well, do I? Am I going to pick him up? I'm like, no. Then <laughs> yeah. you know, why do I need to roster right. him? Exactly. So let's talk about some of the guys that have kind of stepped up in their place. So you mentioned Gossman. Uh, where did, is he a first round, second round guy next year, or is this that stretch following the All Star break cooled you on him? Are you? Are you? You know, I, I mean, you don't have to make the call right now. I guess that's the tricky part. But like, I think I'd take Woodruff over him. But Zach Wheeler or Kevin Gossman next year? Who do you got? I think it's Gossman. It'll be um I think he's kind of like an end of the first second round like someone's going to double him up with a hitter for him or get two of them. Yeah. Do the um the two starter take there and go with that route. But I think that that's kind of where he he'll fit in for right now. I don't 
we'll see how the rest of the season goes. I think it's going to kind of give people some doubts on what's going on and see how he adjusts. I think a lot of them, it's like, oh, these guys were like at a certain level with the sticky stuff. And now it's like almost a lot of them moved down. So it's kind of like, oh, Darvish moved down too. And so did Gosman and all these guys did. And it's just kind of readjusting where they're at. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I think that's that that's true. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious to see what happens this off season. You know, with the sticky stuff. Like, does Major League Baseball take a step back and say, "Hey, well, no"? Being at Major League Baseball, probably they don't. They don't. They probably don't realize the havoc they've uh, wreaked, or maybe they're fine with it. But maybe they're like, "Okay, let let's let's negotiate this. Let's figure out a compromise." I don't know. This this is this offseason. I, I guess that goes into the whole folds into the whole. What are we going to talk about this offseason? They'll probably use it as a major wedge issue. And now that I'm thinking about it because you know that that's what they do. So maybe I, I, I first for a nanosecond there, I convinced myself there was reason to be optimistic that things might get better and more reliable again. But I, I don't know. I, I have it's going to be a really weird offseason. Yeah, MLB likes to give up things that don't really cost them money. Yep. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to do, you know, this right here, we can give you the sticky stuff. And it's like, well, the batters are like, I mean, half the league's like, no, like, I want to hit better. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, the hit by pitch bid or whatever. It's like, wait a second, like the batters don't really want this. You know, that's like, yeah, just go ahead and, you know, don't throw that big rising fastball anymore. Put something across the plate and let me hit it. So I don't know if it's really that much of a negotiating point. I am. Yeah, I remember Chris Bryant. He was, he, you know, we, he goes, we're all fools. We, I, I'm going to paraphrase uh, that we all we all convinced ourselves, yeah, yeah, this is this is going to prevent us from getting hit more and all that. And like, what? What were we thinking? No, we don't want this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's and it's kind of interesting. I've seen some of the guys that were like sinker ballers. You could tell they used it, but they've actually their pitches are performing better because they don't have the grip. They're getting less spin. And, you know, it's kind of sinking more and so forth. So, yeah, I think that's one thing you can kind of look for are those like sinker ball change guys. Like they don't want to have the high spin. They I think some pitchers were using it for grip. Like, you know, they felt good with it and they might have had a four seamer. But now their other pitches are acting up. And I haven't looked at it, what the league wide number on um, sinkers are. But I wouldn't be surprised if the numbers are up. Yeah. Someone like Kyle Hendricks, you know, has probably benefited from this a little bit, but, uh, yeah. in, in, but in, only in comparison, not necessarily, you know, not necessarily like it, he's gotten more sync, but you know, his stuff becomes all of a sudden not more effective. I remember, man, early season at Kyle Hendricks. Now that's, that's an interesting guy because whew, he was so bad. So, so <laughs> bad. Uh, and then quietly, he's been very good. 13 wins now, all of a sudden, Hey guys, I'm here. I'm doing my Kyle Hendricks thing again. Yeah, he's – there's been a lot of those um, – Castillo was definitely one too where it took a couple months with him. That was different he, though, I think. You know, his agent flat out said, he goes, he's a warm weather pitcher. You know, he just – it was unusually cold early in a lot of early Cincinnati starts. Maybe that was a grip thing too. I don't know. But he he's a guy that – he's he's now a rock again. I look forward to every Castillo start. You know, I was dreading it for two months. And it's like, oh, God, here we go again. Come on, let's get this fixed. It's fixed. Whatever it was, it's fixed. Yeah, I have him um, in the league. We're in the um, Arizona Fall League. Yeah. And I was dead last in the pitching ratio categories until he finally turned it around. I'm like, I didn't have anyone else. It's like, this is basically my ace. So I kept throwing him out. And 
I might have skipped one start or so. Um, the Colorado one? There. Well, I, it's almost impossible to start anyone there. I mean, maybe I, I should throw out a few more guys, but that's actually – I'm – I usually don't worry about the matchups too much, but that's one I do. Sure. So, yes, I'm pr- pretty sure I sat him on that one. Yeah. Well, and I just remember because there was like, oh, some people actually left him active for that one. And, of course, that was, I think, probably his worst of the – well, no, opening day was still the worst. But um, it, it was it was all really ugly. And, you know, he got left hung out the dry, stayed in too long. You know, David Bell doing David Bell things. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah he, he's just been – he's been a rock, though, since – Basically, the end of May till now, in the last two months, he's been fantastic. And it, it, you know, at one point, he was up to a 761 ERA. Now he's down to 409. So, uh, yeah, actually, 771 was his worst after that Colorado start. Yeah. Is he a second rounder for you next year? About where he was back going. In. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he'll suck me back in. Um, yeah. It's, it's, there's just no one else. Like, who else? Besides Gosman, Wheeler's been good. I'm trying to think of who else has really like pushed themselves into that early round that you really trust them. Like you want to roll them out every day. Um, well, that, I think I think Scherzer's back there. I think. What about Freddie Peralta? Oh my God. Maybe, maybe I, the innings are will be an issue. We'll see kind of how all that goes, but he. He has the talent. I don't know if he'll give you like the volume. I think he's going to kind of be um, kind of get pushed down a little bit, and we'll see how it goes. I'm just trying to think of um, Carlos Rodon. Like, like this. Um, Sorry, I kind of. I will pro- no, no. I'll probably go with Peralta. I'll probably go with Peralta. Rodon. We'll see how the season ends. I'm kind of. I'm really. They're not going to shut him down, but I really see like the freak injury coming where he has to uh, um, sit out so they can have him for like the playoffs. I think they want to have a long run, and he's throwing so good that they need him there. But yeah, he just has ever thrown this long. Or, I think they're, they're similar. Do- Both pitchers are going to be managed like that. The Brewers have. I mean, they they already have started that process, and, and actually, so do the White Sox. Rodon's only thrown 104 innings, uh, almost 105. Uh, And, you know, they've gone with six-man rotations at times. They've made sure to kind of give him the extra day here and there. I I think that's smart. Yeah. I I wonder if people, like, they kind of remind me of Corbin Burns coming in to the seat into this season where we just didn't know how much he was going to throw. We kind of knew the talent was there. So I think those are kind of always those iffy ones to kind of bet on, I mean, in all fairness, I might just go with Lance Lynn instead of them. I just know he's going to go out there and throw sure. a ton of a ton of innings. It's just kind of interesting to think that Lance Lynn next year just may end up just forcing himself into the second round. Yeah, uh, and all well, the thing is, I, I think he, I think he should be there. Uh, I mean, because you just know he's going to throw the innings. You know, he's a guy that, and what a narrative change! I remember, you know, he had the Tommy John. Had his last year in St. Louis. Signed with the Twins. Like, okay, it's a it's a full it's a full year after he's come back from Tommy John. This is going to be his good year. No, he was horrible with the Twins. Just awful with them. Goes to the Yankees and actually for that's where he gets well. It was, it was very odd. Now all of a sudden he's morphed into this ace. It, it's it's really an odd career path he's taken. Yeah, 
but it's working right now. He's kind of, it's not grinky like, but it's just like, well, he's got the arm. He just goes out there and he just throws and you just kind of Kyle Hendricks too. It's like, yeah. you're just going to get you those innings. And I think if I was like in an auction league, like I could kind of see all those guys kind of go together. But if I was like in an auction, maybe just group those three together. I'm like, I'm just going to get these guys. I know I'm going to have some innings and then I'll just build the rest of my pitching staff around them where you can kind of target people that um, are going around the same way with like in drafts. A lot of times you can't do that. It's like you get the choice of one because the rest right. of them are going to kind of go around there. But right. like in an auction, you're just like, all right, I'm going to spend you know my 80 bucks and get these guys worth of pitching or 70 dollars, and then we'll just kind of work with the rest of it after that. Sounds like it. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a workable plan. I, I like it there. Um, quick note from our next sponsor, Thrive NFL is back on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has over $100,000 guaranteed for NFL Week 1. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up today and get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you can claim your free Rotowire subscription. One, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Three, Play in your first paid contest and receive a free six-month Roto-Wire subscription. Thank you, Thrive. Uh, I'm here with Jeff Zimmerman. I am Jeff Erickson. We are talking about uh, second-half strategies, strategies for next year. Jeff, I kind of wanted to think about, like, what category, uh, you know, we got two months left. You're starting to try to figure out how to target your pickups to try to make moves in certain categories. Obviously in a a overall contest like the NFPC, we can't trade for it. Whereas something like tout and labor, you can makes it a little bit different in managing down the stretch. Yeah. um, I actually, the trading leagues is like, I think all of us had started with them and it always like an NFPC is like, Oh, I've got this mismatch. Where should I look like? I can't like, you just like, you have to just get past that. But like in Tout Wars, I've had issues with stolen bases, and I kind of moved from one group to another by adding Merrifield and Isaiah kind of Falefa just to be like, all right, I'm doing fine in the other ones. I have to kind of go with that way. And then in um, Labor, I needed some more hitting, and I probably need even more than what I added. But I actually just wasn't getting a trade to work out, and I ended up trading Gosman for Alvarez. And – the deal with there was it's just an issue with labor that we couldn't trade fab. Like I kind of knew I was getting hosed a little bit, mm-hmm. but that was kind of like the closest player and any player that he kind of just sent over little wise. I was just going to basically drop, right? You know what I'm saying? It wasn't enough to make a difference. It's a 12 team league. So that's just another time. I always believe you should be able to trade fab. It just makes trading easier. Sure. And it's just like you don't have to have the trade being perfect. We don't have to trade 18 different pieces just to make it even. It's like, okay, I, I know you've got you know the better player. Here's my lesser player and like 10 fab, and we can make it happen. And a lot of times in Tout Wars, that's it's so much easier there where we're allowed to do it. I agree. I, and I've run into that problem uh, in mixed labor uh, where I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I, oh, yeah, I forgot. I can't trade fab. Oh, yeah, I guess I'm screwed for I have to be like I have five dollars left for the month of for the last two months of the season. Oops. Uh, well, especially <laughs> because, it, you know, the, the other difference that labor and tout is it's less granular. I mean, you you get one hundred dollars. That's it. So every one dollar bid is that more impactful. There's no zero dollar bids. Tout wars, you have zero dollar bids, thousand dollar fab budget, ability to trade fab. 
it's a huge difference in how you manage it. Oh yeah, I've, especially um, I'm in the twelve team one um, mixed, so we have op- options to really stream um, players in and out and kind of yep. go with the advantages. But your your max number of moves is one hundred, you know, and it's like if you add someone for twenty bucks, your max moves are eighty. You know, it just keeps yeah. getting cut down. So that's the one thing with that hundred dollar ones. It's also the number of moves. So I was kind of looking back, like how many moves do I want that last week? Like, well, I want to maybe try to save one to three, you know, each week. And then I have to start counting back just to kind of like deal with injuries. And that might be a feature. I think that was kind of the way it was intended, at least when it was, when the rules for labor were developed, it was okay. You know, this might date back a while. So, you know, administration of free agents is a little bit of a hassle. Uh, and you know, I think maybe that's one of the reasons why it's so restrictive. It's why you don't, you can't show a guy's active to reserve. Now, I don't know, maybe it's a not catch up with the times or maybe it's just, they want it purposefully hard now. Uh, but it, it does have that effect. It makes it really difficult. If you're in the, if you're in the AL or NL only labor league, roster moves are so tight. You can't even shuttle a guy in the mixed leagues. You can, but there's the, the AL and NL only leagues. You can't even like, you know, you know, oh, he's got to start at course. I got to bench him. No, you can cut him, you can trade him, or you just have to write it out. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not a fan of that one. The rule I do like, and I kind of thought I wouldn't when it initially happened, was the if you roster him, you have to start him. Yeah. But you can get anyone. So it's kind of like, do you want this hurt guy that's on the, you know, you just can't. If someone drops him or whatever for another reason, if you add him, you got to start him or with a rookie or whatever. So, no, I don't actually mind it. It kind of adds a little bit more strategy to the whole thing. Like, oh, do you want to take a, a move? And I remember over the All-Star game, I wanted to look to see what chances people were taking because we only had to, had like the three starts at the end of the week. So you could only took zeros for that spot for those three days. And, right. Um, I remember I had a Travis DeArin over that time just to see – I mean, just because I knew I wouldn't take a hit, and it was catcher. I mean, catchers are—I'm not—you're usually not getting much from them. No. There's been, you know, unless you happen to be that guy that stumbled upon Eric Hase, uh, then, of course, things have worked out quite well for you. Yeah, I was—I took a a lot of slack in the league. I dr- um, added him and dropped um, Vince Velasquez. Not Vince Velasquez. Um, fiasco. The catcher for the um, Boston Red Sox. Fiasco. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my guy. Um, you know, that would, of course, be the uh, the, the, the great, uh, not-so-great Christian Vasquez, who's really struggled lately. People don't realize the extent of his struggles. Christian. Christian Vasquez. Yeah, he, he's, he's really, really struggled. You know, well... Let, let's talk about him, you know, and, you know, let's talk catchers. I mean, you know, if you look at him this year, he's got four homers. Last year was, you know, he, you know, two years ago he hit 23. Uh, last year in the two months he hit seven. It's four, In four months he's hit four. He's back to the catcher, the hitter that he was in 2018, where, you know, where he was really awful. He's got a 649 OPS this year. The only thing that he's got going for you this year is he's got those eight stolen bases. So he, he's been a big drop-off. Whereas Hase, he's like, I think, what, 17 homers now? And one of the league leaders in RBIs in the last couple of months? It's been incredible. Yeah, and he's playing the outfield. This was one more where it was 
on my team, I kind of had more steals and needed the home runs. Um, but Christian Vasquez, he did, he did what I kind of wanted him to do. Like he knew those steals were sort of there. So mm-hmm. he, you could get a little bit and he's not a killer for a catcher in batting average. Like he's never, he's had one year with like a two Oh seven, but he's like a two fifty eight career, two fifty nine career, two fifty eight this season. So that's the one thing, even though I'm struggling in batting average for other ones, I, first made the move i thought just you know having catchers with batting average would solve the problem but that's not it (laughs) you gotta do more than that but at least it's i'm not dealing with one of those guys having with like a 204 or something yeah Uh, and there's a lot of that out there there's a ton of that out there i want to talk to jeff real quick about uh one other move that i actually talked about on our podcast sunday night and we had a little conversation about that but first a note from our friends at blue blue wire We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we are back. Uh, I'm Jeff Erickson here with Jeff Zimmerman. So we're in the same main event league. Scott and I, are, Jensen and I, do our fab discussion every Sunday night. We're talking about how we picked up Rowdy Telez, what he went for. Oh, there's Rowdy. Wait, he didn't get picked up in our league. He got dropped. Oh, and it's by Jeff, who is kicking my butt in this league. What's going on here? I was flummoxed. I was dumbfounded, uh, bamboozled. Uh, and then you responded on Twitter. I, I tried not. I didn't mention your name, by the way. I just said a very good player uh, dropped him in one of my leagues. Uh, but it was you. Uh, you. You dropped him, picked up uh, as Drupal Cabrera, uh, and you had some pretty good logic behind it. Go ahead and explain. Well, the one thing I looked when we were looking at it, I mean, I do share the league with Tanner. I mean, I'm with um, Brent Frank, uh, Tanner Bell. And we were in, dead in the middle of the pack and batting average. And one thing we noticed is that Probably Telez was not our answer, and we were doing fine in home runs. Are we first or second? Oh yeah, um, Anthony Geller is kill- is destroying that. He's pretty much got the first place in all oh, the other ones. He's but, crushing us. He yeah, so, crushing us. But we yes. had a decent second place. I mean, we're uh, seven ahead of the next one. I mean, it's it's not impossible to make up, but I got like fifteen to catch him. So we're like with batting average, we're dead in the middle. It's like point. Zero 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 two differences. I mean, just every hit was kind of making a difference. So we tried to improve our batting averages across the board. So we're like, well, we'll get try to maybe we'll get Telez out. He's projected a little bit less, and we were kind of worried about his playing time. I knew Van, Dan Vogelbach was coming back. Um, they had just got Water Escobar, and then Urias was having a good season, 
um, he kind of seems to have sat a little bit more than I thought might happen, but he was still an option too. So it was just kind of this weird one. And then with Escobar leaving, Estrubal Cabrera kind of opened up playing time in Arizona. So we're like, well, we can get him. And with his third base position, he's able to cover our entire corner if someone gets hurt on our team. So instead of Toledo sitting on our bench, we were just going to have Estrubal sitting on the bench for about the same talent level. You looking at the projections. I know um, Toledo's had the great week coming up. We were a bunch of starters, but like I said, I was kind of worried about that playing time. Maybe I shouldn't have been. Um, but the worst thing is like, yeah, after we got it, everyone's like, oh, you got the Estrubal. I'm like, no, if he's just sitting on our bench, we kind of need that batting average. Oh. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> so nope, it was, no, we really just need that. The batting average was just kind of a, a bigger push trying to balance stuff out. So the one place to move. That's interesting. Uh, well, and the funny thing, and of course, is Drupal Homer the first on Monday. Uh, and then Telez, you know, they had a uh, surprise pinch hitter on when, you know, surprise, I'm sorry, surprise lefty starter for the Pirates on Wednesday. So we thought it was 13 straight days at Telez, and instead he's on the bench. But then he comes in and hits the game winning th- pinch hit Homer, the three run Homer. Uh, I have a feeling both players are going to be pretty valuable over the next two weeks. So uh, we'll see. I might be in on the bidding on him uh, next week. You might be too. Who knows? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Well, that's exactly like who knows from one week to the next when you drop a player and then it's it's just so tough. I mean, um, do you, trying to figure out what to do with Jared Kalenic, he's been a, a tough one to figure out. Like, yeah. well, what do I move on from? And all these hurt guys, too. Um, I I've think, been stubborn like, on Kilnick. Uh, in fact, because I, I have him running an AL Tout Wars. Uh, and so it's just like, again, it's another one of those cases where in an only, you're just stuck with them. You're just like, okay, ride or die. And unfortunately, it's, I've been dying an awful death in that league. But uh, you know, I, I, I can't bench him. I feel like you know, you know, he, I've seen some signs. He had another homer this week. He, but it's it's been really a grind. And uh, it's yeah. hard to act on that. Yeah, there was so few outfielders, too. Eddie Rosario is one I'm holding in a couple places. And it's like, well, if he comes back, is he even going to play now? Is right. After the trade? So it's like, even if I get him, I'm not necessarily you know guaranteed playing time so he's one that i'll kind of see how things kind of work out here for the week like if i'm kind of iffy i try not to make the move but that's not always the case but he's one that might be seeing him on the wire quite a bit this next week just trying to figure out how the playing time is for this sprint i think that's right you know there's a common thread all these young guys have struggled this year you know there's been a lot of especially hitters where you know some ta- some talented prospects have not hit the ground running, whether it's Kelnick or Brandon Marsh or Jaron Duran, some of the guys that we spent some decent chunk of fab on haven't delivered, and in some cases have been sent back down. Uh, you know, Vidal Bruhan is another one like that. You know, and it's and even Wander Franco struggled initially a lot, uh, aside from his huge first day as a player as a major leaguer, but you know he's starting to come around. It just I almost think that because all these hitters, all these prospects missed so much time last year, they're less apt to hit the ground running when they take that big leap up to the major league level. Yeah, and I also think that there's some stratification in the minors. Like yeah. all the stars all went to the alternate camp, and everyone else went home, or they were supposed right. to be practicing, but they weren't doing anything. So you have like 10% that got practice and the 90%. So when they get mixed back together, the 10% are playing these subpar players and looking great. 
Yeah. Like, hey, you know, this guy's doing great, but it's against nobodies. And it's like, oh, we should bring him up. So then when he goes up and has to face major league pitching, it's like, oh, wait. So I think that that's part of what the problem is, is that they're just not seeing good players in, in the minors. I think that's a great point. That there's just this stratification, like, oh, this pitcher's done great against all these, you know, guys that didn't play last year. You know, it's like I kind of wonder if here later in the season, even now, like some of these guys will come up and be a little bit better. And it took like Shane McClanahan a while to get going. And oh, I'm forgetting everyone. The guy from um, Seattle, that Logan just, Gilbert, has yeah, just struggled been dealing like now. Games yeah, lights out. Like he's, I had him in one league. Actually, I picked him up from the drop. And then he was still struggling, so I ended up dropping him, and that was just—he was been lights out since then. Yeah, he's looking great now. It's just a matter of staying healthy, please. Daniel Lynch, another guy that really struggled on his call up, uh, and you know we we just saw Reed Detmers make his debut, and he got crushed by uh, by the A's a little bit. Although you know some of these guys that have had tough outings, at least they're getting the strikeouts, they're doing something. They're, you're you're, you're kind of you just have, you have to watch the starts, and you can see. Oh, yeah, there, there's been some good things. Josiah Gray, he gave up like three homers, but he also struck out a ton of guys with that slider. Maybe as a, a portent for the future, and sure enough, his next start, it was really good against the, the for the Nats against the Phillies. So, you know, it just it may take some time for some of these guys. I think that theory of yours, it's, I think it's, well, it's not a theory. It's a fact that they, there is some, definitely some stratification, and I, I think that might be a big factor there, too. So it'll be interesting next year to see how big a factor that is. Yeah. And yeah, it's also one of these, I think this next week in fab, well, like everyone kind of concentrated on this one, I was kind of looking at the drops and there's definitely some interesting players out there that it's like, Oh, someone else added this reliever. So they had to drop a starter that I think that there's, I think, I kind of think this next week will actually be a lot very interesting on trying to determine teams. And there's a lot of players coming back from the, um, IL right now, like Kioscar yeah. and Noah's about ready to come back. Eliezer Hernandez for starters is, you know, pitching again. Um, I could actually see them. He might be one. Both of those two I'm kind of interested in because I think they want him to get their innings. Like they didn't throw a bunch to begin with. So it's like, hey, we'd like, you know, to build up your workload this year. So they'll be able to continue on while the others in their rotation, Luis Garcia or any of the other Marlins get shut down. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see the Arizona Fall League, who gets sent there, how many pitchers, how many good pitchers get there to get some innings or not, or if it's just operation shutdown all around there. So uh, hopefully it's pretty good because I'd love to see some good pitchers there uh, when we're there. But we're, we're going to be there at the very beginning of the Fall League, though, for first pitch Arizona. We're not going to be there for the Fall Stars games this time. Yeah, the one thing about at least being early is that there might be some of those guys in that like you know need to get their 30 innings of workload in. We yeah. might be able to see them. and And then we – the best thing is the hotel location. We get a stumble to and from the stadium. So that's, um, yeah, or at least, at least whoever's playing the Cubs that day, or I don't know, don't know what other teams or are with them. I'm guessing it'll be the Cubs and someone else at, at that, um, location. Yeah. I think you're probably right about that. Looking forward to seeing it. Can't wait. I can't wait for first pitch. In fact, I got to, uh, take care of some travel arrangements there as a matter of fact and do that. But, uh, um, I know they're, uh, uh, yeah, I'll be on a panel. Um, I know they're still trying to do some organization for that, but it's. I love that like a lot of the younger analysts in our industry have gotten into first pitch Arizona. We got like the next gen in there a little bit more, and I think that's one thing that's it's really good. It's really healthy for us is that we're starting to see you know a lot of you know guys like uh, Bat Flip Crazy, uh, you know 
you know, you know, Brett, you know, Bubba's going to make it this year for the first time. You know, you're going to start to see some of the, you know, some of the other people that are, you know, keeping, continuing to revitalize our industry. It, it's really cool. Yeah. And it's kind of funny about the ages. It's like, <clears throat> I remember when, um, I think Eno and Spore went the first year together. Yeah. And they were like the young people there. And now it's like, at least there's now like an age group. I mean, that was maybe five, six years ago. I mean, it was definitely gotten younger here the last half decade or so. I agree. And, agreed. Um, and it was like, now there's like an age group below them. And they're like, this is kind of nice. It's like, at least we're not the young people here, you know? Yeah, and, Jeff, uh, I remember when I was the young guy there. The young person. Yeah, I, get to, I can imagine it's you go there and it's like all these guys like, Oh, we've been going for 20 years. And it's like, Wow, you know what I'm saying, and it's yeah, but it's just a blast. It's um, it's amazing get, getting to see everybody, and um, that would be the one reason I would always go and just try to get a good start on the season, kind of figure out what you want to do, and um, I think we're gonna be. I can't remember the are the playoffs are about over, right? We'll probably be in the World Series then. Yeah, I, I think maybe you know it's. I want to say. It's like October. What? What's the date on that one? It's like October twenty first, I think, twenty first through twenty fourth, or is it the fourteenth through seventeenth? I would. I think it's fourteenth through seventeenth. Even yeah, I think it's going to be like ALCS, NLCSs. Which will actually be more games, so that'll be um, even more people just sitting around a TV and making personal bets on who's going to win what. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Um, yeah, it's well, that that's going to be the tricky part, too, is like trying to balance fall league games with those games. But uh, we'll see about that. Um, Jeff, we got to get going here. I've got my XM show and I know you've got your whole day ahead of you. Thank you so much for taking some time with us today. I had a lot of fun. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. Uh, looking forward to uh, battling. Hopefully I can, you know, sneak back up, get closer to you there in the standings. Yeah, um, actually, no. I hope you don't. But <laughs> it's we're, we'll try to get up to first, but I think um, I think that that's kind of out of reach right now. It's one of those like, well, we'll just have to kind of be realistic. Just I think it's more going to be the Gelts falling apart more than us catching him. Yeah, and I don't think I don't see that happening. He's got too solid yeah. of a team. So, uh, yeah, the guilds, good stuff. Uh, he's 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 super solid, and he's doing, having a great year on a number of different teams too. It's not just this one. So, uh, kudos on him. Um, I want to thank uh, WinBet for sponsoring us. Coming up tomorrow, as always, we got two star- starters with uh, Todd and Clay. Make sure to tune in for that. Thanks for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Have a great day. <laughs>